What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Guns of the Guns Show over Zoom video. This was a really, really fun interview. Uh, definitely a different perspective when it comes to most of the people we interview obviously are from bands. Obviously, there have been some industry folk, labels, uh, producers, and, and people from that world. But this was rad because Guns is a massive music fanatic. He also has a podcast, does radio thing, just the broadcast guy on TV, that whole world. And how he was able to get in there and to hear his story of how he was able to break into the industry. Because I know when I was growing up or when I was in college and stuff, I was trying to figure out how do I get in this radio thing? How do I you know, be in the music scene, even though I'm not a, a player. And uh, it was just cool to kind of hear his story of how he was able to build the gun show and make a life for himself in the music industry. Guns has been DJing Emo Night, Emo Night Brooklyn. So that's been really cool. He talked to us about that and his really cool show called Who Wants to Be an Emo Millionaire. And he talks to us about some of the artists that he's had on his show and questions that he's asked so if you're into the emo scene this is like the episode for you so make sure to check out the gun show and who wants to be an emo millionaire you can watch the interview with guns on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards it'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel if you like us on facebook follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at bringing back pod and if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with The Guns Show. Hey, what's up, dude? What's up? What's up? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. Sorry about last time. I uh, I had email, but I guess it didn't get through or, or whatnot. So I, I, yeah, it's I all do, good. I do apologize for that. No, you. I think yeah, it was miscommunication it, between yeah. my myself and my wife. Actually, you oh. emailed to her, and she was downstairs uh, working. <laughs> and like, I'm, uh, so I didn't love, even go with like. Love how that something. happens, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I didn't even go say something like, "Hey, do you know anything?" I just like was like, "Oh, so anyway." It's all yeah. good, man. I, no, appreciate I apologize you. for that. Yeah, no worries oh, no, at all. Thank you so much for the opportunity and stuff. Obviously, you've had like great people on from like Maggie to like, you know, just so many, uh, you know, Maggie Lindemann from like oh, back yeah. in the day before she became like Maggie. Like you were one of like the first to kind of like get her as she was like rolling up and stuff to just, you know, Thank Alec you. and stuff, Benjamin and stuff. So all the friends, all the friends have been part of this. So I'm stoked to be a part of it as well. No, man, I'm really excited to talk with you because you uh, have a definitely a different perspective on this whole thing than a lot of people I've chatted with. And yeah. I also come from radio, so okay, uh, there you cool go. To, to talk to you about uh, uh, that. I did alternative radio for 17 years before okay. this podcast, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm excited, man. Well, um, yeah. yes, so this is about, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe I, we'll find out. I don't, okay. we'll see. Uh, we'll just roll with it. All right, we'll cool. just roll with it. Yeah. Cool, awesome, man. So yeah. uh, where were you born and raised? So I was born uh, in Jersey. Are we kicking off now? Everything's yeah, good? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, born in Jersey. So I grew up in Jersey. Then uh, went to uh, went to Fordham University in here in New York City now because uh, I got into Syracuse. And Syracuse, of course, was like the broadcasting school. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's the top one to get into. But then when I visited them, they, they were like, you can't intern until you're a junior. 
and I was uh, it's just part of their policy. And okay. a couple other colleges kind of I found out do have that. And I was kind of like bummed and turned off by that because why would you I was coming in like I was already doing some TV work and like helping out like different music labels and like running street teams when I was in high school for like various wow. labels and stuff. So I was like, why would you not want to push your students and like, uh, you know, to, to roll with these opportunities? Why? Like if everybody's becoming an intern by junior year, then like then the it's more competitive, obviously. So, <laughs> right. but I was bummed out. I was like, "What is that?" So I ended up going to Fordham uh, University, great school, obviously, still like top five, I think like five or four as far as like uh, broadcasting goes. Uh -huh. And uh, I was able to kind of like meet with like the communications department head and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of had the same reason that uh, you had to be a junior, but I was able to at least negotiate with them, and I was taking junior courses as a freshman in order to get those like internship credits oh, and whatnot cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. but it worked out i was uh that by second semester i was interning for abc news like wow. yeah, that's uh, on the air yeah and like abc radio and i was like on air and producing and and all that stuff and i could only imagine like if i waited to junior year then all of a sudden it's like okay well now you're up against ten thousand other people sure. rather than like being a freshman and like kind of just standing out so mm -hmm. it was always jersey and uh new york city kind of tri-state person broadcast here in uh, New York City now though stayed here throughout the pandemic and uh yeah it's uh I, we got you know was able to survive that so uh, hopefully <laughs> it's hopefully it's all easier now sure so, yeah. that's incredible yeah I think yeah. internships are like so I mean that's the most that's the only reason why I was able to get into radio I mean you can't yeah. just throw an email to somebody or you know I graduated high school in 2003 um so like at that point like emailing people was a big but like you could still it was very hard to get into any of those career paths i mean your email probably just went to some dump bucket you know what i mean yeah. so like i had yeah. to go through i knew somebody who you know knew right. somebody at the radio station so i got an internship there and that's the only reason why i got my foot in the door and then you meet people obviously and and, and go that way but if it's not for those opportunities you're it's so hard it's, it's so hard it's actually looking back it's frustrating i've done a couple of hits on this and like segments on it the fact that uh, i feel you know I, I, is it going to happen probably not, not anytime soon but like not, not that we need an overhaul but like our whole education system like that's probably for means for a different thing like student loans and student debt but oh, sure. like the fact that like you know even in college like some of those courses like intro to like i, I understand it to an extent where it's like you need to learn the history of stuff but like Honestly, I feel like a lot of these courses and college courses, it's you're paying a ton of money and the everything I learned, I learned on the actual job. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't like, of course, like, you know, that, you know, if it's speaking or delivery and like speech, they can help you with that, you know, and like how to read prompter and, and, and stuff like that for certain courses. But other ones like, you know, you spend the first six weeks, eight weeks of like learning about like the or the origins of radio it's like help us like now you know what i mean like, right, like, right. And, and like so many of those courses is the same it's like no tell me about like digital editing or like what like what is happening right now rather than learning about stuff that like not saying it doesn't matter because you do want to see how like it's evolved and so you don't make those same mistakes and stuff but like some of the stuff like it's almost like that could be done in two days rather mm -hmm. than two weeks and it's like i'm spending so much money especially from like a communications field or like any of those tech fields where it's just like constantly evolving and constantly changing um it's 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 i look back and i'm just like damn like you know when i have kids and stuff it's like hopefully like it's changed a bit where it's you're spending that much money like you want to be able to learn stuff that 
you know, a lot of everything I've learned, I kind of like had to learn on the fly. Right. You know what I mean? Or like, you learn it at the job. Because like shit, why, yeah, shit, went, shit went bad at work. And it's just like, well, somebody's <laughs> got to hop on or like, hey, we need to figure this, it this, out. There's breaking news, like figure it out, you know, which is yeah. it, when there's no substitute to that. But like it would have helped, been helpful to have kind of maybe a little, a little guidance before if I'm paying $30,000 for it, you know? Right, right. No, I completely agree. <laughs> I think a lot of it too is like they want, I don't know, do, do companies or do, you know, does it, the school just want to try to weed people out if you don't want to take all the math classes. Like I went right. into to, to college thinking, okay, I want to be in communications. I want to do broadcasting. Totally. So yeah. I suck at science. I suck at math. So I go to the counselor. What can I do to like avoid those classes? Oh, well, you know, communication is perfect. Perfect. But then I still have to take those courses like to a certain extent. I'm like, I'm never going to use this in what I want to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. other people will, but I'm not. My favorite was I same thing. They gave us like a core curriculum that we had to take every single year. And the one year was like intro to astronomy. And I was like, I was like, let me just do that because I was like, you know, I'm in college, like I'll drink some beer, like I'll you know, drink some right. beers and look at the sky. Like, you know, that sounds awesome. Sure. Not realizing that intro to astronomy literally was just like math and like eclipses and like doing stuff. I was like, I was like, I thought we were just going to like stare at the sky. Right. I thought I was going to learn about some stars and yeah. It was like it one day. of the, yeah, I thought it was like one of the hardest courses ever. I was like, what am I, you know, there's all like, it was math. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do math. Like that's why I made broadcasting, right. you know? Yeah. yeah very. Did you go in knowing that you wanted to, cause obviously you do music stuff. Was that yeah. the, the, the focus? Cause going, I knew, I know you, if you get into ABC and then you have to do the new stuff. Like I worked for CBS news in San Francisco, like on the radio side, because I worked on the alternative station, but it was really hard to be like a full-time guy there. Of course, and right, they yeah. were hi hiring, uh, you know, assistant producers on the, the news side. So I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'll go up to the fifth floor, do some news, come back down yeah. and do what I needed to do for the alternative station. Um, but is that kind of how you yeah, got involved? Is that or I mean, why you got involved in that way? It's kind of, I knew I just wanted to be on TV. I, uh, I've, it's a funny story. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I was a huge Blink-182 fan. Like grew up in the pop punk scene. Like, you know, okay, going same to here. Well, we will relate on yeah. this. I grew up in Poway. So oh, oh, boom, there you go. <laughs> so like, I grew up with all the, like, you know, middle school and everything, uh, drive through records was pretty, it was like becoming mm -hmm. bigger and bigger. And, uh, there was this band Midtown that was starting to form in New Jersey and, my dad actually taught one of the guitarists in, my dad was a science teacher and taught him in high school. I was like, oh, my son's starting, oh, to, pick wow. up, my son's starting to pick up guitar. And he, like the kid, the teacher, the uh, student went up to him after, was like, hey, like I play guitar in like this band and stuff. Like, let me know like if, if he wants lessons, like, you know, for pay me like a little extra bucks and stuff. So I had the guitars from Midtown as my, one of my guitar teachers. <laughs> That's right. And, the, and then they're like, you know, then they like would be on like K-Rock in New York at like, midnight on a Sunday on Matt Pinfield show. And I'd be like, I'd be bragging my friends like, oh, that's my God, let's go. You know, like just start going to all those local like fire hall shows and like, uh, like, you know, mall shows and just like, you know, parking lot shows just with all that, like those pop punk bands. And then I saw like that really got me into that kind of scene. And then I just became a huge Blink fan and, and uh, MTV had a casting call when I was a sophomore. Um, it was taking place in New York City. And it was for a show called Becoming. And like uh -huh. they had like becoming in sync and becoming like oh yeah they, yeah yeah, yeah. No, they did yeah. becoming Blink One Eighty Two is one yeah yeah so I told my mom and she drove me into the city now even though we lived in Jersey we didn't go to the city too much unless it was like for something like whatever and my my my, my mom and one of her friends like drove me in on a Saturday morning to go to this I had the dicky shorts the Atticus hat on I brought the Fender strap the high like two <laughs> socks and stuff you know what I mean that, like went up to the bottom of things and, like had that. Atticus shirt on and just like you know I was all 
all blinked out. Tom was always my favorite. And um, it was me versus like 350 plus other people. And uh, I ended up winning that. So I won the oh, casting wow. call as a sophomore and like everybody else was over 18. And then I, you know, I had to get everything, all the forms signed yeah. and all that stuff. So um, it was a whole com uh, competition show. It was three groups of three people um, all like kind of going against each other in different, like, um, you know, kind of different events and different challenges. And then ultimately it was a, a full special that aired and I ended up winning that when I was just a sophomore in high school and like a bunch of my friends, like came into the city for the day for the taping and stuff. So that was like kind of my first um, feel of the TV side of stuff. Cause I was always into music. And like one of the judges were like Chris Georgian, who was part of Rick DeVoe management. So he uh -huh. managed Blink, Blink and yeah. found Glory. And, and then well, like- Rick was, DeVoe is Unwritten Law, all those bands. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like he was part, it was under Rick. So like that was also like such a huge connection there because all of a sudden it's like, well, I already knew Newfound because of like the drive-through records days and the Midtown days years earlier. And like I'd seen Newfound for years when they came through and now here's the manager and like the Blink connection and just really getting me involved in f from the industry aspect. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew from that, point on like I wanted to do TV the fact that I won as a you know sophomore and junior in high school getting that TV thing and then a lot of those casting people ended up you know a lot of the casting people in TV are kind of like freelance or they hop around like nobody right, stays at the same place at all for a while much music had just moved here from Canada so it was much oh, music cool. uh -huh. and they started doing these bands and stuff because that pop punk scene was blowing up so they used they had opportunities so when I was a senior in high school this was before even college I would go in for either like casting calls or also for their live shows to be like in the audience or to do like, or I'd be like on a microphone and like ask questions and kind of like almost like try to get some early VJ work there as a senior in high school. So I always knew like I wanted to do this and music mm -hmm. was always a passion, but like I was a huge sports fan. So even when I was in college, like I was doing the ABC stuff as an internship, but then I was still on air. As a sophomore in college, I was covering the Yankees for our station because we were based oh, in wow. New York City. So That's I've always huge. been like, this is what I wanted to do. And like, just uh -huh. kind of like set the set the bar. And then sophomore year of, of college, when I started the gun show as well, I just sent a uh, blank email to Adobe Radio because I saw that they you know, were doing kind of like this online internet radio at uh -huh. the time because there was really no like iTunes or, or anything like that. Or maybe it was just starting, but there was definitely like no podcast. Right. What just, year like, was live this? Live online radio. Uh <sighs> Seven, six, seven, like it was that's early. okay. Six, that's, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe like eight. I, the yeah, first yeah, full time the, job I had was on an online radio station, yeah. like a street. Probably around that, like eight. Yeah, eight, it was eight, yeah. seven, I think, when I yeah. did it. Yeah, that's crazy. But there was like no podcast, so it was like no. in the, and like I, the people are like, you know, you look at how far podcasts and everything has um, um, evolved. It's like in the beginning, I used to have to hold my cell phone up and ask ask a question, and then put the earpiece to the microphone yeah, to the microphone to catch the, to get the answer to yeah. get the answer from the guest <laughs> it was so bootleg so for all those assholes that are like oh guns like what's the guns like fuck you been right. in this i've been in this game for a minute y'all like, sure, sure. in a minute and paid my deals <laughs> it wasn't easy people think it's just like oh yeah it's just a podcast because everyone's you know the, you know the podcast market is so much right now but mm -hmm. what, how do you like stand down it's like you know like you guys have I've done a tremendous job and are able to you know have your thing and able to you know be like tremendous bands and stuff and Thank like everyone's, you. everyone's trying to figure out like what what to do right now but if you're just I feel like especially with like FM and like certain things that are happening now media it's like everybody it's like oh if you're on air you have to have a podcast it's like I feel like 
a lot of those podcasts last three months and then they're done because nobody realizes how hard it is. And it's also so, so much work. To, it's, it's so much yeah. work and to grab, tra- to get any sort of traction. Now it's like, it's got, you have to be very, you have to stand out and have a very unique uh, kind of perspective or have been doing it for a good amount or for like a good amount of years rather mm-hmm. than like starting up something now, because it seems like my whole Twitter feed is just people with like, video podcast or podcast or something and listen teach their own everybody can do it whether it's a passion project but or like whether you're actually pursuing it but it is um for just because like you're you're part on air i don't think not you personally but like there's it seems like everybody does and like you know it's like there's so many different podcasts even for like fm stations it's like Dude. you're just diluting your market you're just diluting <laughs> yeah. your market it doesn't okay. make sense like use I love those resources elsewhere like straight up what like you're saying nobody wins when it's something like that it's like use that and use those means and those and people's time in a better way because otherwise if you go to your that website and there's 20 different podcasts for every single one of your things and the weather person's got yeah. one like I, like uh-huh. it's like your traffic but like like i said if people want to do it that's all good but like you're just like you're just making it harder for those that like are talented to break through even on your own staff if all of a sudden like you like spreading the resources across and no, that's I, my opinion no 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 i do i agree with you at 10 million percent what's funny is like i was on like i said terrestrial radio in san diego i was on their alternative station uh there was a hot second uh that they wanted all the djs to do podcasts so <laughs> i pitched this idea of my show that i'm doing currently and this was oh eight oh seven or no i'm not oh seven 2017 i think 2000 ended to, towards the end of 2017 uh, they're like, no, that's too up the middle. We don't want to do anything with music. I'm like, okay, we're a music station. We don't want to do anything with music. Yeah, no, our program, our music director is going to do a food show and then a tra- we're doing a travel show. And I'm like, okay, why would you go to a music person to learn about what they like to eat anyway? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, and then, so I was like, well, I'm going to do this anyway. And so I had them sign over all this paperwork saying like, I own this. And they're basically like, okay, don't poach our artists. I'm like, perfect. And uh, then they, they did, pod, like I said, or like you just said, it was like for two weeks or a, a one season, right, yeah. and then it went away. And then they didn't want anything to do with it. And then, you know, two years you're, later, the you're pandemic still going str- Yeah, and yeah, you're still and, going strong, though, because, yeah. yeah which Because yeah, I just yeah. kept doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, and that was what we, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I, it's cool to, like, be on the radio. But it was like this, the radio is doing this as podcasts are doing this. Yeah. It was like. Yeah. It, it was just such a wild situation to be in and, and kind of watch the whole thing. And then when the pandemic hit, like the radio station just collapsed. Like there was right. no, yeah. you know, no one's driving around. So no one's, right. you know, the car dealerships aren't throwing money at anything. Yeah, no, right. Know? I mean, you look at even like, like I do, I'm on Sirius XM and do like sports stuff over there and more. And it's just like, even serious, no one was driving and, you know, not as many people were driving. So yeah, I mean, the, the broadcast industry definitely got hurt too uh, across the board. It seems. But I feel or, like or, at yeah. least with Sirius though, because you're subscription based, people yeah. are paying into it, so it's not they're not worried too much about compared ads. to local. Like yeah, like we had to sell boilers for ad revenue, and no one's buying the boiler. You know, right? What I mean? That's like, where we those, were yeah, at. So yeah, then for now, FM and like, AM, collections yeah. crashing, and then you know, and yeah. then artists are sitting around doing nothing, so they're not promoting new music. Like no one's like, like there's no radio guy going to the different stations trying to, you know, get you to play the new whatever record because yeah. 
they're, they're not doing anything. One of the things that I found was it, that I was, I mean, obviously not appreciative of anything with the pandemic, but I was fortunate in the fact that because I'd already been doing the gun show and like the podcast and, and, and that kind of stuff and, and have been like kind of doing some live streams leading up to that, uh, the pandemic was that once shit hit the fan and obviously everything started shutting down, it's a lot of those terrestrial radios didn't know what to do and did not have the capabilities or just even the, uh, the, the tech standpoint of what to do with, with all our jocks and our talent at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took them a while to figure out what they had to do. Now, me, it was a flawless transition because I was already doing this at uh-huh. home. So yeah. if anything, it was just like nothing really had changed. And if anything, I was even I was just able to even get larger artists because everybody was home. And I really wanted to like kind of I thought it was very important for like the fans that to be able to still talk to the artists and the artists still talk to the fans because everyone was going through it, obviously, like everyone mm-hmm. was going through like you know, just the worst mental state anybody could ever have being stuck inside literally and not being able to do anything. So I really like, if anything, I just worked harder. I was even doing more bands and more shows and episodes because I really wanted it to, to keep that communication going because music is always that outlet and people were so excited for something. You still, I mean, you think about like Rage Against the Machine was touring for the first time in forever. My yeah. Chemical Romance was back for the first time ever. And then none of these shows happened or for all those bands that like delayed putting out their albums. But then uh-huh. like three months in the pandemic, since none of us knew how long it was going to be, it's like, well, we, they're, they're like, we've already sat on this for a year. Like, let's just put it out. Hopefully we can tour on it. And then of course they didn't. So I felt it was so important on the gun show to be able to make sure people knew about these songs and about mm-hmm. these albums that were put out. Um, and then I, so I did that. And then I kind of also, <clears throat> I saw the writing on the wall that if you remember in the pandemic, the early days, my whole entire, I'm sure yours was too, my whole entire Insta story was just everybody, all my musician friends, just like sitting on like a yeah, couch. live streaming and live all that. Stream, but on like yeah. the Insta stories, like acoustic guitar. And it was like obviously uh-huh. the most bootleg thing ever. But everyone was just like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, this is so great. We can see so and so play acoustic songs and like, or you can see yeah. their house, right? You, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, you, like yeah. Adam Lazar is sitting on his you know couch in his living room, and like that's where he lives. That's so cool. He's yeah. playing whatever your own. So disaster. that that was all happening in the beginning, but then that quickly went away within two weeks because once again, everyone realized how <laughs> yeah. difficult it was. Yeah. So like, I, uh, I yeah. So I reached out to. So I knew that live streams were like were going to happen. I felt like we were going to be in this a lot longer because New York got shut down first, and then it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're shut down. Then that means two weeks later everything else did it was so an like, hour is going to be shut down two weeks after that then the middle of the country like it wasn't going to end two weeks which they it was kind of coming saying. this way too because yeah, it was yeah. like it was like yeah, Seattle, both sides, yeah you know sides. went down yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. It, then it was like this <laughs> yeah so i was like we're gonna be screwed here for a while so i reached out to twitch and i was like uh we talked to twitch and i was like hey i do this show like do do all this stuff and i was like uh um, I want to start doing, you know, my show with a visual component to it and reached out to Twitch, had a bunch of meetings and stuff. And then they made me, uh, I became an affiliate, kind of proved what I was able to do, had like small pools perform live and made a parade That's perform cool. live and all that stuff and interviews and all that stuff. And then uh, became a Twitch partner. And I still am part of Twitch now because it was like the live stream, how you adapt. Now we were able to do that, but like, if you were like a treasure radio or something like that, I mean, you were just no screwed. hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and they, sh- and Treasure Radio should have already been going the the route of video components and online beforehand, and they were still kind of slow to get there. And I just, yeah, I feel sorry. Like uh, I knew radio was going down in the pandemic when uh, a few friends of mine that were like super high up programmers at like some of the biggest stations in the country were losing their job. I'm like, you're gonna get rid of this guy. This guy like is San Francisco, and like he built this radio station to what it was. 
then you it was kind of, the writing was on the wall there it was yeah. like okay they're just going to try to get anybody that will take 12 bucks an hour to you know do some like oh that was blah 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 here's the new whatever record right yeah uh because at that point you know they, they were just hemorrhaging money yeah and it, it is a shame and like you know even like you know, it, it, it is, it, it just sucks. You know, I feel bad for everybody who, who had to lose their job or just the way the industry kind of has shifted. I mean, it's going to continue to shift. What's one of the most frustrating things I've, I've found in my career is that uh, a lot of bosses just want to protect their own jobs and they don't mm -hmm. want, and they don't want to take any chances. And nope. that's why like when you, when you can find like a media company or organization that's willing to take, uh, to take, not even take, it's not really even take chances, but to be able to have the, the, uh, the foresight to see like what changes or like where like the industry might go mm -hmm. um that like so many times like i would ask to do things and like they would be like no like that's great but no and it's like well like it, it's it's there's one thing it's not really changed because i kind of always just did things on my own anyway on the side but like mm -hmm. it would have been great to have like a company's backing and resources right because a lot of what i said was going to happen ended up happening or i was going to do anyway it's like well you idiots we could have done this together and got the ad <laughs> share like on the ad yeah. share for it because yeah, it's different when you have a sales team pushing for you rather than just me, me sending right. email trying to network and stuff and but i mean i listen a lot of people are just trying to protect their own job this is pre-pandemic I'm, I'm talking about. i can talk uh -huh. to you 10 years ago right <laughs> and it's just like it just, it's certain frustrating. I definitely lost out on some opportunities. I know for a fact, like, because I didn't even talk to other program directors and they're like, they were, they were like, they'd be like, they were they shocked that so-and-so wouldn't allow me to do this when it literally would have helped the, their brand, my brand and everything. It just gotten us more awareness. They were like, like fucking shocked. So Dude, like, that e it's an ego thing. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, like I, everything you're saying is so like, for me, it's so crazy because I feel like I, you were doing what I was trying to do. Like you were in the East Coast doing this and I was on the West right. Coast doing this because I had the same thing, man. I like, I, I went to Warp Tour. This is, I don't know, like I hadn't been to Warp Tour in forever. And then I went because I saw Neck Deep was playing and I knew a little, I'm not going to say like I was some like early, early fan of the band, but I right. knew who they were. And then they were starting to come up with In Bloom was like a hit that was starting, like not, it was a hit, but it wasn't on a, like a terrestrial radio hit, right? right? And like it started to kind of bubble up a little bit, like some radio stations were playing it like overnight. And I was telling my, my program director, I'm like, dude, this band is like going to do something. They're like pretty on the rise. And I'm like, yeah. I think this pop totally. punk thing is going to happen. Go to Warped Tour. They had the biggest crowd and they weren't even the headliners at the time. I can't remember who was headlining. And I come back, I'm like, dude, we need to do, I'm like, let me please do an hour emo show. I'm like, I will, and I presented him with all these bands, all these songs. I'm like, this would be super cool. Like no one's doing this yet. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Shuts it down, shuts it down, shuts it down, shuts it down. Then this emo night thing happens and that's becoming this gigantic right. thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm yep. like, dude, this is happening. We should, you know, this is the time we're going to strike. We're going to be this cool yeah. alternative station. We're going to be the one that's playing these rad records that no one else is touching. Right. No, 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 no. And then, and then now look, you have like, you know, Avril Lavigne touring now. And then like, even the new Black Bear record, it's like a pop punk album. You have totally, Machine yeah. Gun Kelly things happening. And it's like, dude, you just missed such an opportunity to be like the on the station. ground of yep. all this yeah. things yeah. happening. And I just hear that when you're talking too, you're like, dude, like shake the guy. Like what yeah. is going on with you? Yeah. And it's, they just want to protect your job. Cause if you take a risk and it fails, then, you know, 
then they think that their job is done or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so it's just so yeah, crazy yeah. to hear you talking. I'm like, I was just sitting <laughs> seriously on the other side of the coast doing the exact same it's thing. Like, like what the fuck yeah. is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. Yeah. I mean, but we make our own, we make everything, you know, we make it all work out the way that we possibly can. I just had to find other opportunities, not other opportunities, but I just did what I wanted to do. But like I said, like, um, uh, just on a different platform kind of thing, you know, uh -huh. rather than like, you could have been the station that people were checking out across the country, you know, right, like, right. I just would have been like the premier destination for that kind of music. Frustrating that. Yeah. Cause they already had the brand. And then it's like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like to jump on something that was already a thing and we were independent station, we weren't answering to clear channel or iHeart or whatever. And like, the thing is, and then you have to just do it yourself. You're like, all right, you, you guys don't know what you're doing. But, I, yeah. you know, as guys like us didn't have that big umbrella platform to to be pushing out to, you know, a million people right away, yeah. Yeah. you got to kind of build it up. But, you know, it, it just takes the time. And like you said earlier, like everyone has a podcast now. Like everyone needs to have a podcast. And they the amount of work that, you know, guys like you and I like spend on these things, like that's why it works. It's not just because... I spend, you spend one hour a day or, you know, you do an interview right. and then you just go dick around to your house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the matter where like, yeah, from the book and researching, curating, hosting aspect, audiograms, videograms afterward, just uh, the promo material that goes into it, just everything. And like, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, there are people out there that just kind of throw it together and it's like, all right, there you go. But like, yeah, but also like, you know, just the emails, the back and forth, the booking, the, uh, you know, just trying to, uh, be able to build up the legitimacy of it um, to uh, to the fact that so when you are pitching guests that they do say yes because of all the history and who you've been able to have on like it's definitely you know because you you always get like your like your stations will always radio station will, a lot of times will be able to get um, those artists to an extent because it's just um, like yeah like they want they already have a reach they yeah, have a yeah. net yeah 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 so so you yeah it's easier for them to go it's for them to grab somebody because it's like yeah we have already a built-in audience of all these people driving around or whatever yeah um yeah. But the, okay so i want to go back because your story is so rad so you are in high school you're doing these things a real quick question on the blink 182 thing was the was that the one where they did like the whole like you got to be with them and they played their like a little show for you or is this it, something totally different so, so that was there was one called becoming and there was one called wannabe ours was we did the first date video so we didn't actually oh, get okay. to we weren't actually with the actual we, we weren't with blink themselves um there was one i think they did i think that was like the what's my age again one but that was yeah, a different no, kind yeah, of they, concept of a show i think that was just three people ours was like a compet the competition show that it okay. was where it was three groups of three that competed so we had to like we had like a drum off against each other, like oh. that kind of thing. And then we did the first date video. So we all dressed up in that kind of thing. And it was, and then played in, in, in that, and that aspect. So we didn't actually okay. meet the guys. Um, I had like kind of like on the side, but not, but it wasn't part of the actual episode. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause I remember the, an episode about that, but I think this is only when uh, Animal State came out and they did what's, or they did Adam's song and the guy there, it like was, had some sob story about, you know, like oh, really? suicide yeah. and all this stuff. Which is yeah. terrible, but they played the song for him, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't remember you being that guy. Yeah, no, no, the guy yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, tried to be like I like look like Tommy of the Lift Bring and the every, you know right everything. the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, but that's still so cool. So you, yeah, it was you know, also, yeah. 
Well, you said you worked with labels and you were doing like a street team thing. Like, were you ever in a band, like a touring band or anything like that? Never tour, but I mean, I was in high school and of course I, we were all playing, you know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. I, I realized that, that the, um, the, uh, the odds of making it were just cause I had, was kind of involved already with with labels and stuff mm -hmm. with a lot of those local bands that were coming up so it was like local labels and then you know some of them would get distribution deals into larger indie labels and then like you know and then eventually a lot of those labels got bought out by you know the mcas and the geffen sure. and stuff but um it was uh started in a band played realized that it wasn't fully going anywhere and didn't want to i wanted to I care about music so much i was like okay so how else can i better use my time rather than mm -hmm. like play for a year and realize it wasn't going to go anywhere and then all of a sudden like well this sucks so i saw the writing on the wall it was like you know the odds of making it were like one in one hundred thousand two hundred thousand even at that time you know at least mm -hmm. at that time and so that's why i kind of just pivoted to okay well rather than being a band myself let me help out the bands that i love from the local scene and local tri-state area so it was like you're taking back sundays your starting mm -hmm. lines your uh, you know, brand new, brand new, early yeah. November, the movie life, uh, you know, saves the day, uh, senses fail, hidden in plain view, like all those, like just bands that were from the Thursday, all those bands oh, that yeah. were from the, from the scene, uh, and that were all within like pretty much driving distance, you know, within like an hour from where Wasn't I my lived. chemical romance from there too. My chem was there yeah. too. Yep. Yep. And, um, and, uh, that's kind of how I pivoted towards the, label side and helping out with like street teams and purevolume.com pushing and mp3.com pushing oh yeah and of course i went to myspace era so yeah i mean i've i've done i've literally done it i've <laughs> done a lot you know like doing yeah. the in stores because a lot of that time was a lot of the in-store events that was like how people would ever be able to you know they weren't really doing like meet and greet packages or vip mm -hmm. packages like every band does now at the time it was like we want to meet a band like either wait outside the venue for 10 hours beforehand or you like you know wait near their bus or whatnot or their vans at the time right um, or you go and uh, go to an in-store event and just you know and see like uh you know and see them there so yeah that's was, so uh, cool like it's crazy to think about those days you know being like in high school or early college and, and bands like the ones that you're naming i remember them coming through town and they're playing these small venues but they were yeah. like the venues and you could hang out and meet them and see them around and like how cool that was but like yeah. at the time like you know, taking back Sunday, seeing them to like with 30 people and be like meeting them being like, oh, my gosh, like, right, like yeah. no one else would care really in the country at that point. But then to see where they are now, and it's like now they're, you know, massive, massive yeah, band. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like I don't know if that that is lost anymore. Like, is that I guess I don't know. I'm not that deep in the scene where it comes to like finding like going to these shows with these smaller pockets. I feel like the music scene within the cities and the, uh, aren't as tight knit and, and like doing that anymore. It, yeah, Maybe you see a different thing. No, it's definitely changed to an extent where, I mean, there are certain bands that will like still like are friends with each other. Like obviously that are friends with each other and like kind of like might rise up like at the same time and like kind of like help each other or they're always kind of like one off tour, like touring with each other. But it's definitely changed with the fact that uh, so many local venues have shut down and also mm -hmm. the fact where it's, um, now with labels and just like the the, the 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 paradigm has shifted so much with like with TikTok. Like I've interviewed mm -hmm. artists that have a ton of TikTok followers who still have never done a live show. And yet Same they here. have a ton of streams and all this stuff. And they've never even done a live show. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm stoked to do this show. And it like for the first know, time. Really? And I'm like, yeah. That it's it's completely backwards to me. Like the way mm -hmm. that it, it the way that it was always kind of 
built up where it's like, we're going to grind, we're going to grind, we're going to grind. Not saying that bands still don't do that, but it, it is a little bit, um, it's a little bit different, definitely. But just because I feel like those, those venues and those opportunities aren't there or ba some bands can just, um, I feel like some of them get bigger faster, but not bigger in the fact that they're like, like on the radio big, but just kind of like all of a sudden, like then they're on the, they, they can get a, it, some of them get like a bandwagon or a bus faster, it seems. And then all uh -huh. of a sudden it's like that interaction of, Hey, like we're at the venue and like, you know, we're just chilling in the parking lot because we, we have nowhere to go because we, we only have a van. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that might be lost a little bit for some bands, not all of them, obviously, but for some, I feel like uh, that interaction isn't there as much as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And I think you made a great point with the TikTok thing, because <clears throat> I know when I, when I was growing up, like to sell out was the worst thing you could possibly do. Right. I was like, Oh my gosh, like so-and-so signed to a major label. Right. Like that band sucks now. Right. And like, to think about that, yeah. that's all kids are striving to do now. It's like, no, I want 10 million people to follow me on TikTok. I want the, to, to sell out. I want to do this. And, um, to, to, to kind of go that other way around. Like, I mean, what is, I mean, radio hits, Nowadays, like it's, it's a good big thing. You're getting paid from, you know, BMI and ASCAP. And then like, obviously you're getting played at stations around the whole country. But like, if you look at somebody like you said, or like Maggie Lindemann or whatever, she has a song that has like, you know, say near a billion plays, you'd never get that reach anywhere. If you had, yeah. if you're played on every radio station in the whole world, it's like get a billion plays, right? Yeah. You're you exactly know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Or like yeah. you get a TikTok person to share your song or or promote your band and they have a hundred million followers, that's more people than you would ever reach in any market across Think the whole. Think yeah. that, that's so many people. Right. You know what I, I mean? mean <laughs> if, if you get played so in LA, many. like that's like, oh my gosh. And I think well, LA is like 12 million people. And right. you have somebody on TikTok that has a hundred million followers. It's just like night and day. Wild. Yeah, completely agree. It's chaos. It's, yeah. yeah. And I, I interviewed Paufu when he was like really, like he had that one song you know, coffee in my head was like this thing that was happening and it was right before the pandemic. And then you had all these shows booked and then the pandemic hits and the song still starts, you know, it's, it, it was one of the biggest hits at the right. time. And the guy had, he played, he had never played a live show. He had one show booked and then it got canceled. And wow. I'm like, it, it was just crazy. And he had, you know, you have these big songs and these things that are happening. And then it kind of just goes off the wayside. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, it's definitely uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the industry because on one aspect, like a lot of these TikTokers, which is fine. Like teach their own, like who am I to say you shouldn't do whatever. But like on one aspect, some of them do do very well. Like, you know, like, you know, Jaden is crushing it right oh, now. Oh yeah. And Jaden's awesome. And like, you know, they line, I, I saw him a couple of weeks ago um, here in the city and I got there, I did press uh, beforehand. So I got, I had to get there early. And just like, say, if I, I think I got there, like, say, like four o'clock and doors were like seven and the line was massive around like two avenues. And that was off oh. like the meet. That was off of just like the meet and greet and also like just like his meet and greet went hours for people to buy. <laughs> so they so they did pay. So like on that aspect, it's like, all right, well, listen, the labels you you, you um, gambled correctly for certain artists like that because it did pay off. But some of these other ones, it's like, I have no idea if these people are going to go out and actually people are going to show up to see them, maybe to an extent, but you got to feel like that TikTok audience is going to continue to move on. Just like everything moved on, just like everybody moved out of the boy band era. And you know what I mean? That, you know, people like everything's going to, everything's like within two years or like two to three years now, it's like, it just, 
I don't know. I, I, my advice to artists would just be like, keep investing in yourself because and don't rely on anything, anything or anybody else because like it can, can turn very quickly. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And especially with this, I don't know if labels know what to do with, with the TikTok aspect. I feel like a lot are going to get to get a lot of people are just going to get burned. Oh, dude. Yeah. And I think it's already possibly even starting to happen. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, it's kind of coming back to the, um, you know, they'll sign a band and then put a bunch of money into them and then shelve them because the record sucks or they don't like the record. And then now it's like, okay, now you owe me all this money. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, yeah. You, 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 we tell us all this time. Right. Exactly. But now it's like, okay, you have one hit. We're going to buy that hit from you and we're going to start making all the money off the hit. And then you're going to try We're going to give you advance and then you got to make another one. If it doesn't happen, then okay. Yeah. Now you owe me money. It's like, it's now they're just grabbing them. Now there's like, like a track record right away. Like there's data. Okay. There's data here. Take it, you know, and, yeah. and, and that is, well, you said you talked to Jaden. I'm a, I'm a, a fan of his, but I'm really good friends with the, his drummer who's Tosh. Tosh, and love I, Tosh. Just and I Tosh think you on. had him on Tosh your show. Is my guy. You? Yo, Tosh is great, dude. He is, <clears throat> he is going to be, I'm, dude, I don't like being like, oh, he's the next so-and-so. Dude, he, all I can say is he is one of the best fucking drummers. He's he the is best. so good, and he's so young, and he's just going to get better. And even when I was like, when I had him on, I had him on like a week and a half ago, he was he like, comes to the interview, he's just dripping with sweat. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was just there practicing for like two hours. Like, you know how I many of my band friends aren't practicing all the time when they get off tour, like when they're home? Like a lot of them like might not pick up a guitar for like three months. And then this, oh, he was, does. Like, this was like five days after he was home for tour. He's fucking playing for hours upon hours upon hours. And just like, he's like, yeah, I'm testing out this new thing that I kind of created and like, you know, this kind of beat and like, you know, both this in, like inspiration, like the, the that he heard and he wanted to like kind of, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like that needs to be commended. That needs to be respected. Like that's so rad. And like, he needs to be, he's going to be, he's going to be fucking massive, dude. He's I'm so, so happy for the guy i the first time i met him he was playing drums for carly hansen they're opening up for bad sons and i watched him and i'm like this is this guy's the best drummer i've ever seen it was like when i saw travis barker for the first time when he joined blink or was playing with blink before you know when rainer was after he left the band i'm like okay this band just went to another level and like seeing him i'm like i told him like dude you're that's what i see and then then he started playing with all these people after the fact i'm like you know and i've stayed great friends with him and his family and everything else but yeah, I saw he was on your show. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I yeah, love, I yeah, love seeing Tosh he's everywhere. Such a nice dude as well. Yeah, but I mean, but even that, like that, that's awesome because like that is like the next wave of uh, like musicians. You know what I mean? Like and like mm-hmm. people that are going to like he is going to be like, you know, he's already collaborating with a lot of different artists and like that's that's so that's so cool to see. You know? Yeah, I love that. And I want to talk to you now. I'm, I'm I've already taken up way too much of your time, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, I want to know about this emo millionaire thing. I think that's so rad. I, I, I follow it and, and, and watch yeah, so like, the, the questions and stuff. I think it's really rad. We're definitely building it. Uh, you know, it's so here's the thing. What everybody loves trivia. Mm-hmm. Like everybody loves trivia. All right. And obviously this emo resurgence is happening. Although for some of us, we never left it to begin with, but now like <laughs> it is becoming popular <laughs> once again. So I was like, okay, so how do I combine these two? And so essentially who wants to be an emo millionaire is uh, it's emo music trivia and it features some of your favorite bands um, mm-hmm. as contestants. So everybody from like, we've had the main to simple plan to- Yeah, I saw the simple plan yeah, like one. Bayside, Bayside, Census Failed, to like the Somerset to 
um, you know, so like uh, Travis McCoy from Gym Class Heroes, so Travis Clark, We the King, so Travis yeah. Mills from Girlfriends. So, you yeah, know, I so, saw that you just had yeah. him on. He's a great yeah, dude. We're going to get like Feldman on and like hopefully like oh, Hoppus rad. and like Hoppus and like Pete Wentz and stuff, like all the homies trying to get them on the show soon, hopefully. And um, it's going to be, I, I have no doubt that's all going to be massive. And just from the conversations I'm having, we're going to be doing a live aspect of it. Uh, done a couple live kind of test runs here in New York City where fans can compete against their artists uh, oh, or their, some of their favorite cool. artists. And then even in addition to that, we're starting to do something in the city um, and then even branching up beyond that where it's like contest three contestants against each other just from being, you know, just from showing up at the bar or the venue or wherever we're doing it at. So what it is, it can be uh, old school questions to um, like modern day questions to things like what's Machine Gun Kelly's real first name and like some people know a lot of people um, you know some people don't know whatsoever to what was Blink-182's Blink DVD name to then like with the artists themselves I always ask a, an artist a throwback to them so it might be like we had Simple Plan on and I had Pierre on the lead singer and I was like what was the shirt that you wore um, mm -hmm. on the cover of your album of your second album and he's yeah. like, you know, so then you're looking at them and like, they're like this 12, 14 years ago. Or like, they're like, what the fuck? We're like, you opened with this song in 2013. What was it? And bands are like, I don't remember anything from that era. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's so funny because it's, it airs live on Twitch. So fans are watching. A lot of them are like, oh my God, how do you not know that? Or like, how do you not know the lyric to this obscure song when like the diehard fans will know? So it's called Who Wants to Be an Emo Millionaire? It airs live on Twitch, so it's twitch.tv slash The Gun Show every Tuesday and Thursday. But sometimes it's like there's a lot of bands that want to do it that week. We'll just do it a lot. So the best thing to do is for people to like subscribe and follow there. But it does go into the podcast afterwards, which is just The Gun Show, and it, it's awesome, man. Like it's it's so much fun because it it combines like old memories. Um, with bands and bands like you know and then like we do it during the interviews the bands are like you know i'll be like i'll be like you toured with this band uh, you know the name of this tour was so and so and these this name the bands that you toured with and that they're like oh like let me try and remember and then like they'll tell stories about like what it was or like mm -hmm. what their favorite venue was at this time or or like oh i remember like the, that halloween like all the bands dressed up as this 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 and it was chaos and it was wild like just cool stories that you're getting based on these trivia questions that are already bringing people in or it's like or it's like um you know trivia about like say like something about like dashboard confessional and what like what his band was beforehand and then it's like oh well do you know dashboard and then that you know a lot of times the bands will have stories about like being a huge fan of them and then like meeting him or like touring with them or him like coming up to them and be like yo that's awesome or like i remember like i had armor for sleep a couple weeks ago and that, that we were we were talking about like good charlotte and stuff and i remember it was probably like 16 years ago when out so good charlotte was kind of like had little things and like motivation songs like mm -hmm. that and like they went up to armor at like one of the shows and like armor was like was like at the local 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 stage and they were like yeah benji joel came up of like yo you're starting to get some buzz like congratulations and for armor for sleep they were like holy fuck like we haven't left the tri-state area how does benji joel all the way in california like know who we are so like you know so like you just hear those kind of stories it's 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 so much fun and like the emo millionaire gives a game concept so like if a band doesn't know the answer to the trivia they can add you can like instead of phone a friend oh, phone you a ask you ask a fan that's in the chat 
so like so they'll, they'll give it the and then if they, if they get it right then the, the chat the audience member will get like an autographed vinyl or we'll get oh. you know a guest list or you know whatever it might be so like there are some like prizes in that way or like 50 gift card or like visa gift card or some stuff like that and like it's so like it does have that game atmosphere in addition to the trivia aspect but it's so much fucking fun and it's who wants to be an emo millionaire um the socials are all just emo millionaire and uh-huh. then uh but it is like it's such an emo music trivia uh to to another extent and uh, we're doing live stuff. Like I know I'm doing some stuff in Nashville with it. I think really, that's yeah, right. I, I moved to Nashville yeah. recently. I want to oh, come. I was, just, I was just there for last week. Last week, it was it's wild. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I just DJ Nemo night on Friday there, and then Saturday I did a disco night at Brooklyn Bowl there. Like did you really? Yeah, 850 people, and I did a bunch of meetings and stuff. Uh, but I am going to be doing it in Nashville, flying down and doing it like uh, down there, and then also uh, LA. I'm doing it at, and then we've got more in New York City. So yeah, it's going to be fucking wild. That's so cool. That is so cool. What was it like? Was there anyone that you had on and like, there was a question that like, like, I guess what, like, was there somebody? A lot of times they don't get it. A lot of times they have no idea. A lot of times they have no idea what the answers are. Was Um, there one person that you can remember that they were like, whoa, like, you know, they're like, I don't remember like any of this shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like I had Bayside on, I was like, what was track four on your debut album? And that one had like uh, devotion desire. He had no, I had no fucking reflex. I had hot shell Ray on. And I was like, what's your third, third song on, on, on that album? He's like, he's like, honestly, dude, he's like, I don't know if I ever even looked at the back of that CD. He's like, all I remember is just what our set list was. Cause he's like, we were based so off the record. Shows. Yeah. He's like, all I remember is just playing what, on the set he goes i have no idea what it was on the actual album so like mm-hmm. you had the stuff like that or also like uh um you know like uh yeah people have um like Tra- travis clark is notorious for not knowing lyrics to his own song so he he, <laughs> he messed that one up to uh to uh like somerset i was like i asked brian i was like what song do you think that you've played the most and he got that one wrong it's kind of funny because he's like, oh shit, I forgot about that whole entire year and how much we were on the road that year. And that's probably why so-and-so mm-hmm. that song got up to other things. Like a lot of people don't know Machine Gun Kelly's real name. I had somebody think that it was legitimately machine that they switched over, they switched it legally. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I, can, I, I It's funny you said that. And I'm like, I can't remember. I know it's, uh, I can't remember that his name. Yeah. Off top. Yeah. I like totally lost it when you were talking. Yeah, Col- so now I have to a, Google it. Yeah, yeah, it's Col- Yeah, for those that it's Colson. But like, oh, that's but, what it was, Colson. Yeah, I'll put options up there. So like, sometimes some of the questions will have options with it. So I'll say Colson, but I'll say Colton. So uh, some people are like, well, Colton's more of a name than Colson. So yes. a lot of them will say Colton, but it was really Colson. And somebody said machine or like it's yeah. So all sorts of and then like some questions people you just have to like kind of adapt to like what era they were from. And then like some people it's like. Uh, you know, some people don't know Scott Rayner's last name. Uh, you know, oh. like, name the last name of the this original drummer Blank. You know, blank, the name yeah. of the original drummer to Blank to just other things like uh, uh, Pink of the Disco questions, My Chem questions, like Katy Perry playing Warp Tour questions. Oh, yeah. Members are doing that really. So it's so much fun. Like yeah, and and then like yeah, it's it's so much fun. Like literally, just like all of these things that you're thinking of right now. Like you're just like, and then it's like you know, I do things like don't I really have to do anything with emo but it's like hey there delilah finished the lyric what's it like in salt lake city new york city uh, okay you know what i mean and like some yeah, people yeah. Are like oh shit how does that song even go you know what I mean? like things like that so it's fun it's so much fun actually dude that is so cool yeah. i i think that's such a creative idea um i before i let you go i've uh I'm, i want to see if you can give me the answer because i was going through your some of your you'll post a question and then like people will answer and you haven't come back and said what it really was so you asked the Atari's question, what was their hit before uh, Boys of Summer? 
I would have, I said, I said in this diary just because I figured that was the one that hit the radio, but was it San Dimas? Because what was the hit? No. Does the hit come to what is the hit that is on the, the MTV yeah, or that was the radio? A, yeah, yeah. Or was the well, hit I mean, that... I mean, yeah, the OG song was always San Dimas. Yeah. But the hit, but the hit that I meant with that because it was Boys was... of Summer, so it was Radio esque. So in this was... diary. In no? this diary, yeah. Okay, no, in this diary this, was right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But a lot of people thought, yeah. So that one was, uh, that was in this diary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I was, was just that, checking. Yeah. And then the other one I want to know the answer to is the band gives you a soundtrack to listen to when visiting a coffee shop. Coffee shop soundtrack, all time low. I have a song oh. called Coffee Shop Soundtrack. So okay. Kind of I would have got that one wrong because yeah. I was thinking Broadside because they have that song. Uh, there Coffees. are a couple different co- yeah, yeah friends tickets kids have a song called coffee shop but when it was soundtrack for been visiting a coffee that coffee made more shop. sense now oh. okay and then, uh, the other one that a lot of people stumped was uh this band collaborated with taylor swift back in like whatever year 2007 or whatnot and it was oh i know boy, that one boys like yeah, girls boys like on. girls yeah. yeah become one yeah but a lot of people forgot about that they're just like what the fuck who was that yeah so, <laughs> yeah so it's a lot of fun yeah and like we mix and match or like yeah, I mean, yeah, so we're rolling out the daily like uh, trivia ones on the actual on TikTok and on Instagram and all across the socials, which is uh, the gun, uh, the gun show as well as emo millionaire. So okay. um, those are a lot of fun. So yeah, we are we're balling out. Yeah, we are. Balling I love out. it. Let's go. It's fun. And then of course, interviewing every everybody. This way, like everybody, just everybody. Like I said, we're going from 21 pilots to everybody we're having on the gun show it's gonna be fucking sick mod that's cool Pitt feldman like everybody we're gonna fucking crush it yeah i just had mod really on stoked. he's yeah. so cool dude yeah, he's such a yeah. cool dude um yeah. well um so with with the gun show is it all talk based no you're not playing records yeah no no so i get i, I debut a ton a ton of albums uh okay I, I, yeah i play a ton of, yeah i play music and everything like that uh obviously so it's a live show uh on wednesdays and sundays on podcast mm-hmm. form uh, unless it's a band themselves, just because of the, the the rights and regulations, I can only play the band's thing on the actual podcast. But when you listen live, yeah, it's straight music. It's me curating the playlist. It's me doing okay. All that stuff yeah, that's what I was gonna see how you Adobe were able Radio. To do that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so cool. it's every Wednesday and Sunday. It's on Adobe Radio, which is a twenty-four hour streaming network to begin with. Which I was like, even today, I was doing voice tracks for like Good Charlotte, Little Things into a song by the Main into wow. like under oath numb we played today like so like a really good mix of uh things because you're not getting on like any terrestrial radio out there whatsoever so that's yeah, killer really man. Cool stuff yeah well i appreciate so, yeah. your time dude this is oh yeah no so this is awesome fun. and just even knowing like your history and stuff man that's so rad and like i didn't even know you were in nashville so we'll definitely hang i'm, I'm back down to i would weeks. love yeah. to see yeah i uh, yeah yeah dude that would be so much fun to hang out because yeah. um yeah, it, you gotta come I, to I, dj said i do the email night brooklyn's we just did them on friday it was like 700 people and then the disco night was even bigger than i did on saturday that was no that I, was, if i would have known you're yeah. djing in that i would have been there dude because yeah, i would have guessed really this you, man yeah it would have oh, been fucking man, sick. Be yeah so, so next fun. time yeah i'm back in a couple weeks so we gotta do that for sure yeah i would love to i'd love to hang um last question i want to well you kind of answered it already but uh do you have any advice for like I guess it would, instead of I guess aspiring artists would work, but people trying to do this, trying to do this podcast thing, like, do you have any advice to to creatives? Uh, grind, 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 grind. Look, look at what other people are doing. Don't steal their ideas, but that doesn't mean you can't be. Uh, you can kind of see how they're doing, especially in the TikTok game, because the other thing would be like, you make sure you have a TikTok because even though it's so frustrating and like trying to figure out how to make it work and stuff, you want to be on it. You want to make sure that you're on the platforms that are rising right now. And I've been, dude, I went on Instagram. What the, f- 
fuck did Instagram do? Or now it's like, I don't even follow half these accounts that I'm scrolling through. They're all just like suggested accounts. And I'm like, huh. where are my friends? Like, so ad, something like ad, that is suggested just, account. <laughs> yeah. Over and over. And I'm like, what, what is happening here? So the algorithm is our enemy, but we need to make it our friend. So you got to do everything you can to get the algorithm on your side. And, uh, you know, or just be on as many different platforms as you possibly can, because you never know which one can hit for you. Um, just grind it out. Like I said, if you the, the podcast market is so oversaturated right now that um, it's uh, what can make you stand out from somebody else. If you don't have like the years of experience that like you have yourself, you know, for that your show has right, you know, that we just done right now to, you know, um, with the connections, with the relationships already built in. It's like, so how do you do that? It's just like, just network, just grind, you know, check out other platforms. Like I know Twitch is starting to do a lot more. Uh, that was something that for years, I just thought was a video game platform. And then now they are doing a lot more music and like Rolling Stone has a channel. And like, I have my channel up there and, you know, maybe, maybe people can kind of just get in on that aspect or there's just, don't ever let anybody say no. Like, like we've mentioned, like bosses can be the absolute worse and kind of hinder your growth and development but don't allow that to happen just fucking make shit happen like what i did let's go i'm on fucking tv i'm on the show i'm fucking emo millionaire the gun show interviewing all my heroes you know all my favorite bands i was like on first name basis with that like when i was growing up i was the one waiting for hours like outside before and after a venue trying to just to say what up to them and now they're on my show like regularly like that all just came from working my ass off. I wasn't into anything, you know, both my parents were teachers growing up. So like, I just did it all, you know what I mean? So like, you can just fucking make it happen. Just make it happen. It's uh, not easy. Uh, and don't get frustrated though. It's very easy to get frustrated, but um, uh, that will just bum you out. So try not to make that happen. Try to just better yourself. Mm -hmm.